And I invite you to open up your Bibles to actually Colossians chapter 3. We're going to start there, get to Romans in a moment. We're doing a short mini-series on how I have experienced the resurrection of Christ and what that means to me. So last week we talked about experience the resurrection of Christ. This week we're going to talk about it. And then next week as well, and in both services, different things on experiencing the resurrection of Christ. And I want to ask you a, a question here, and this is a new term. Let's see if Mr. Bob can pronounce this term. Here, what is this word here? How many have heard of this word before? Uh, some of you guys are very intelligent. I, I honestly haven't. Uh, I was studying this out. Katie hasn't either, you know. So, and Katie is a lot. She's smart. I mean, she's really smart. Um, but this word, what, what, what does it mean? It's hard to pronounce. And and really, what it, what it, it in different contexts, it means different things. But when you talk about uh, uh, criminals, it means this: the tendency of a convicted criminal to repeat or reoffend a crime after already receiving punishment or serving their sentence. Let's, let's put it down to practical terms. It's the child that you discipline, but then two minutes later does the same thing. Anybody have kids like that? Uh, yeah. Amen. Oh, wow. Some clapping, huh? Please, no pointing. Anybody have parents like that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. That's it. We'll get them back. We'll get them back. We're all like that. Let's be honest, we are all like that. Even after some serious consequences that come into our lives, our tendency is to repeat the same thing that we did. And you wonder, what does God have to do to wake us up? You look at uh, some prisoners and what happens here. Do you know, I mean, there are a lot of people who get out of jail every year. A lot of people. Hundreds of thousands of people. Look at this. And, and, and by the way, the United States has the largest amount of criminals in the world. We have 25% of the world's criminals. All right, land of the free. You got to love it. Now watch this. Almost 44% of criminals released return before the first year out of prison. About 68% of 405,000 released prisoners were arrested for a new crime within three years. And are you ready for this? About 77% were arrested within five years. You say, so what's the problem? I mean, aren't they learning anything in prison? And really what's happening is, and, and let's talk from there, put ourselves in their shoes for a moment. They come out of prison. They, they have no homes, a lot of them. They have no jobs. It's hard to get a job. And really, they have to sever ties, ties with some of their friends because if they go back to their old friends, they're going to do the old stuff again. So they have no friends, family, sometimes don't want to be around these people. And, and so they don't know how to live free. And so there's programs in prisons and treatments and, 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 and different things that happen when people get out so they know how to live free. And they still go back. And here's the problem. We as believers are free from the bondage of sin. We are free from our old lives. We are free from those things, but we don't know how to live free. 
And so we go back into that stuff. Oftentimes. And I love God because He loves us and He's not going to send us to hell for sinning now that we're saved. And so what He's going to do is put some obstacles in our way and some serious obstacles in our way and they come, but yet we just go right back into it. So the question is, is why do many believers live as if they are powerless to change? And here's the answer. They don't understand we have the tools. We have resurrection power inside of us to be all that God wants us to be. You say, what, what does that mean? What does that look like? What does the resurrection do? How can I be transformed from the very resurrection of Christ? Well, let's look at this. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to start out and we're going to see what the resurrection gives us. The first thing we're going to see is that it gives us a new position. I love this. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ... Now, 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 don't miss this, because when we think of the resurrection, we think of later on when our bodies will be changed. And I praise, and I cannot wait for that. Amen. Uh, you guys did. I gained the COVID-19 pounds. I mean, I know how it is. And it is hard to lose the 19. It used to be a lot easier. I get on a bike, within three weeks, I was down those 10 pounds. Now I get on a bike, and within three weeks, I'm up five pounds. I mean, then I go down. This body is falling apart. Your body is falling apart. Some are walking with crutches right now. Falling apart. Praise God that when this body is raised from the dead, it no longer will break a leg. I'll no longer have a fever. I'll no longer be out of shape. I will have a body that is immortal. Praise God. And we think of the resurrection. We think of that. But we don't think that we've been spiritually raised now. It says you have been raised. We can, we can translate this in verse 1. Since you have been raised up with Christ. How does that happen? Well, here's how it happens. We were dead in our sins. We were disobedient. We were doomed. We were by nature children of wrath. We were headed to the pit of hell, but somebody came into our lives, preached the gospel to us, praise God, and the power of the gospel, and because of the gospel, we put our faith in Jesus Christ, and in that moment, we were raised from being spiritually dead. And now we have life. Let me just say this. Conversion is a resurrection. We get so excited about the power of God when somebody gets healed from being sick and somebody does. But let me, we should get excited when somebody gets saved. That is a resurrection. They were dead and now they are alive. They were doomed, but now they are with Christ alive, spiritually raised up. And that is amazing to think about. I was thinking about Sage. You know, she's been coming lately and. Wow, what God has done in her life. I mean, the changes are just funny. It's, just, it's funny to see, actually. But it's amazing to see. Believed in nothing. Said, I'm not a religious person. So I had to come into church. Now we said, why don't you invite one of your friends? She said, well, is that person a Christian? Wait a minute, you weren't a Christian when you came. God changed you. Every time someone gets saved, the resurrection happens. 
They are no longer dead, but they're alive and they're raised up. So, so what does that mean that now that I have a new position in Christ, I've left my old life and my old loves, and here's what I ought to do. Look what it says here. I have a new purpose. I ought to keep seeking the things that are where? Above. And what, what he's saying is we're not living in la-la land, you know, just thinking about all spiritual things all day and just forget about the earth. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about our values. He's talking about our priorities. He's talking about what we really live for. What he's saying in this passage is don't get bogged down with the things of this world. And it happens. And it puts us in a funk. This week I was in that. My friend said he may be leaving his company, so he had to change cell phone companies. So I went to T-Mobile. Let me tell you a little bit about T-Mobile. No, I won't go there. But anyway, I'm going to... Team Noble made me lose myself. I had to get resaved this week. I mean, they are unbelievable. It was crazy. Lies, everything. I'm getting bogged down. My friend goes, uh, you have Sunday to prepare for it. Think about that for a moment. I was thankful for that advice. We get so bogged down because we become, we become inward and downward and horizontal. He says, don't do that. Keep seeking the things where? That are above. In fact, you are in verse 2, look at this, to set your mind, your affections, your heart on the things that are above. You say, what are those things? Well, MacArthur mentions great things. He says, to be preoccupied with heaven is to be preoccupied with the one who reigns there. Set your affections on Christ and his purposes and his plans and his provisions and his power. And also, I love this. This is a shot in the nose. It is also to view the things, the people, and the events of this world through the eyes, through his eyes, I'm sorry, and with an eternal perspective. It changes everything when we're seeking the things. of. It changes the way we look at people. The way we look at things. This is not going with me to heaven. Amen? I mean, I wish it would. I really like it. <laughs> It's a really nice one. I like the small. I like how it runs and everything. But it's not going with me. And yet we live as if it is. And we worry as if it is. And so to seek the things that are above, he says, to be preoccupied with heaven, with the one who reigns there, his purposes, plans, provisions, and power, and see things through his eyes, and set your mind and heart on those things, not on the things of the earth. Don't get bogged down with the things that are just here. The temporal stuff. The physical stuff. It's amazing how much of our prayer life deals with physical stuff. The stuff that's not going to last. These bodies won't last. Praise God that these bodies may get healthy, but they're going to fall apart again. So let's focus on the things that last. You say, why should we do that? Well, look, he's going to give us a couple of reasons right here why we should live differently. Here it is. You have died. You say, wait a minute, I'm still alive here. I haven't died yet. No, you have died. Death is separation. And what he's saying is we've been separated from the very power of sin. Now, let me, let me tell you, sin is very powerful and sin can still, while we're living on it, overpower us. And often does. But what he is saying is there's been a break 
Because of our union with Christ, we have died. There's been a separation. There's been a break. And look where our life is right now. Our life is hidden. Where? With Christ. You say, why is that important? Well, you know what? That makes us safe. Because nobody can touch this salvation. No demon, no devil, no person, nobody. I am safe in the hands of Jesus Christ. Praise God. We are hidden with Christ. We are safe there. But you know what else? It, you know what it means to be hidden with Christ? I never really picked this up. I think it was Worsby that mentions this. It's really amazing when it comes to be hidden with Christ. He talks about, it means that our lives really don't make sense to the world. You ever try to explain to an unsaved person why you live the way you do? It doesn't make sense. Why do you believe in the forgiveness of sins? Why do you why do you believe in Jesus? Why do you do these things that you do? Why do you it doesn't make sense? Johnny has a, a great kid on his team. We're talking to him about the Lord. It just doesn't make sense to him. And we're trying to explain it to him. We're trying to show him. We're trying to Johnny's got the verses out, show him. It just doesn't make sense. You know why? Our lives are hidden with Christ. And it won't make sense until they're resurrected and spiritually alive. So we keep preaching the gospel. He said, you've died. Your life is hidden with Christ. And look else what he says here. He says, when Christ, who is our life? He is our life. We live for him. He has given us life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And we live for Jesus Christ. He is our life. He is the reason why we're living. And here's what's amazing about verse 4. Jesus not only died. Jesus rose again. Jesus is ascended into the right hand of the Father. And guess what Jesus is going to do? He is coming back. And look at this verse. When Christ who is our life is revealed. We can't wait for that moment. You say, why, why is that moment so important? What, what is going to happen when he is revealed? Guess what's going to happen? We also will be what? Revealed. And I don't know all the things that are going to happen to this body. I, I wish I did. But one thing I do know that's going to happen to this body is we will be like him. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with him where? In glory. And so he says, set your mind on those things. Don't get bogged down with the things of the earth. Christ is coming back and he is your life and he will be revealed and you will be revealed with him in glory. You say, but what does that all mean? Well, let's go now to the next thing what the resurrection does for us. We have a new position. We have a new purpose. But this is the best. We are a new person. Look at this. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death. Look at this in Romans 6, 4. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we might walk in what? The newness of life. Now, don't miss this because this is so important. When we come to Christ, we don't turn over a new leaf. We don't make resolutions. It's not like a New Year's resolution that we're going to change our lives. We are not brainwashed when we come to Christ. 
We are changed when we come to Christ. We are not just this new thing. I have, oh, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to change this. We were talking. Joel came this week. Joel Tetro. And uh, I don't know if you guys know Dr. Tetro. But he, he went on this. He, he bothers me. He went on a diet. And it's called the Noom Diet. How many of you heard of the Noom Diet, right? I'm on the Mmm Diet. I like that one. I see food and I go, Mmm. And if I don't go, Mmm, I don't eat it. The Noom Diet. That diet bothers me. Because you have a coach, you have people telling you what you can eat, when you can eat, how you can eat, and all this. They get on you if you eat the wrong thing. Who wants that? I want to have that. Mm. But this guy turned over a new leaf. He was tired of being the way he was and on the medication he was, and he did it. And by God's grace, he's going down and he's on this diet. That's a new. That's not Christianity. We don't come to Christ and turn over a new leaf and say, "I'm going to do this, this, and that." When we come to Christ, we become new. You say, what is new? I love this word newness. Look at this. The, the Greek word newness there speaks of, of life that has a new or a fresh quality. It's, it's a new sphere of life. Listen to this. This is amazing. Some people, the idea of this word, it's a strangeness. It's a life we haven't had before. But now we do. It's strange. Because we never experienced it. It's, it's, it's when I met my first Christian I've ever met. The guy was strange. I thought he was nuts. He was in the food line. He had his headphones on and he's dancing. And I'm like, what are you listening to? He goes, I'm listening to Mary, did you know? That you're a baby boy. I said, what song is that? That's strange. Hey, you want to go to a party? No, I don't go to parties. You're strange. Want to drink with me? No, I don't drink. You're str- I thought they were nuts. They had Bibles. I never seen anyone have a Bible. They prayed. It was str- they were strange people. They were strange. Now, guess what? We came to Christ. Now we're strange. <laughs> it's a strange life. It's not the same life as we were living before. It's a new life. You say, why are we new? What's this newness of life? Christ rose from the dead so that we can live and experience this new life. You say, what is this new life? What should be new? Well, we have a new heart. That's amazing. We have a new spirit. We have the very spirit of God living in us. Isn't it amazing what Romans 8.13 says? It says, by the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the flesh. We can't do this by ourselves. We need the spirit of God to change. And we have them. We have a new heart. We have a new spirit. We have a new song. And you know what I love? There's a new name written down in heaven. And it's mine. Think about that for a moment. You see, when we come to Christ and we experience the resurrection power, we become new. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new Creature, the old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And what is he saying by this? What does it mean? What, how am I new? What is going to be new about my life? Well, here it is. Are you ready for this? What is new? What, what validates that? What is the first thing that you're going to see? And what is an obvious sign that somebody is new? Are you ready for this? 
This may blow you away. What is an obvious sign that somebody is new in Christ? It's not him reading his Bible. It's not him coming to church. You want to know what the obvious sign is? Right in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. All of a sudden, we realize we have a mission to complete. We are ambassadors. We have a heart for the lost because we're in Christ. You want to know if somebody is new in Christ, they ought to have a heart for the lost. If they don't have a heart for the lost, something is wrong. Seriously wrong. Ellie got saved at a very, very young age. We were in Argentina. Some of you remember the story. I was laying down on the couch. We were waiting. Back then we had church at night. She comes up to me after memorizing scriptures with Katie. She comes up to me and she goes, Daddy, how do I get saved? Here I am, a missionary. I was like, oh, I don't know. How do you get saved? She goes, Daddy, I want to get saved. How do I get saved? Well, I talk about an opportunity. I explained to her the gospel. She starts jumping up and down. It's only four or five. And the first words out of her mouth after that was, Daddy, how can I tell others? That's the Christ who changes lives. We have missed Christianity if we don't understand that the moment someone becomes saved, all of a sudden they have a heart for those who are not. And if that heart is not there, something's wrong. Maybe we're trying to produce it a fabric. Maybe, maybe there's just something. Maybe we just understand. Paul says, the moment you come, now you understand you're an ambassador. And he said in that very passage, I we beg people to come to Christ. So if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, and the old things have passed away. Behold, new things are new. But you say, wait a minute, some of my old things haven't passed away. Well, it doesn't mean that the moment someone gets saved, all of a sudden, none of the old things are there. They're there. Oh, believe me, they are there. And anybody who tells you they're gone doesn't know Christianity. They are there. Well, watch this. You say, what do we do? Well, look at Romans 6, 5 and 6. We'll see this. For if we become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. That's an exciting thing in itself. But watch this. Verse 6. We have a new person and we have a new power. Here it is. Knowing this that our old self was crucified with him. Now, this is not the sin nature he's talking about in verse 6. He's talking about who we were before Christ. My old man is different than Katie's old man. She, was, she, she trusted in different things. She, she, before she got saved, she served sin in a different way. Before I got saved, I served sin and self in a different way. I had a different pattern in a different way. But the old self, when you get saved there, what happens? He is, look at what it says here in verse 6. He is done away with. That doesn't mean he's gone. It means that he is rendered powerless. He's ineffective. He's there. Don't feed it. Because guess what? Gain strength comes back and can overpower us. But it doesn't have to. There's been a break with the old pattern. The moment we come to Christ. And here's what's amazing about it. We no longer have to be slaves to sin. But guess what? 
We often go back. You know why? Because that's what we're used to doing. I never forget the story that was told by Tony Evans about a lady who lived out in the country and she had no electricity. And the people felt sorry for her, so they decided, you know what? We're going to get you electricity. So they ran the wires, everything to her, and all that. But they started looking at the bill months after it was, and the bill was nothing. And so they go there and they said, Ma'am, how are you using your light? Oh, yeah, I, I love my li- electricity. Thank you so much. I love my lights. Well, how are you using it? She goes, well, I wait all the way throughout the day, and as soon as the sun's about to go down, I put them on for a moment, I light my lamps, and then I shut them off. I've always used lamps. He said, don't you understand you have power? Don't you understand you have electricity? Don't you want to use it? Don't we understand that we have resurrection power inside of us? Don't we want to use it? The next time we are tempted, and we are tempted often, like that old friend that's hard to say no to, the next time we are going through that temptation and living that kind of life, we have to sit us away from I don't have to do that again. I don't have to go back into that pattern again. I don't have to live like that again. Why? Because I've been raised with Jesus. And now my life is hidden with Him. And now because of the resurrection, I have a new position. Because of the resurrection, I am a new person with new perspectives and new priorities. And I have a new power now to live for Him. And then when we make that mistake and go back to the old man, what do we do? We, 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 we confess it. We go to God because He's a forgiving God. But we remember, hey, I don't have to live like that anymore. Don't come out of it and go back into it. Understand what God has given you and live it out. Set your mind on it. Seek the things that are above. If not, we're going to be like that lady just lighting the lamps, going back to the old stuff, forgetting that we've been raised now. Not later, now. Praise God for that. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word and and I thank you for the heart of the uh, Apostle Paul who said he wanted to know you in the power of the resurrection. And Lord, how every time someone gets saved, every conversion is a resurrection. And we thank you so much through the preaching of the gospel that people can change lives. So Lord, I pray that you continue to work and help us to realize, Lord, in those moments when we're tempted to go back to the old pattern, the old life, that we would remember that the old man has been rendered powerless because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And now we can walk, we can choose to walk in the newness of life because we have a new heart and a new spirit inside of us, a new song and a new name. We are a new creature because of Christ. And God, I pray that the signs would be obvious that we're new in Christ, that we would have that heart for the lost, 
that we would understand what Christianity is all about. It's not just about getting us saved and getting us to heaven. It's about having a heart for those who don't know you and living that out each way, showing and sharing the love of Christ. So we look to you, Lord, and we thank you so much for the tools that you've given to us so we don't have to live like we did before. We pray in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.